0: to Legally Speaking with Music and Music. I'm your host, Joanne Music, here in the studio today with Earl Music. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Well, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Just to remind our listeners, we're here every Thursday from 2 to 3. So uh, check us out listen in. Call us if you have any questions. We'll take your calls each week at 281-447-1114. Uh You can also look us up on all social media. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Hit us up over there. Twitter's at LegalSpeakMM, Facebook Legally Speaking. And uh, just, you know, pass us your questions, call them in, give them to us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and we'll see if we can't get them answered for you. Uh, I want to start today with a little discussion about uh, the local district attorney's race. I know we've talked about it uh, from time to time. We talked, spent a great deal last week talking about it with uh, John Denholm, but uh, it, it's very important race. It's local, and uh, it, it's heating up, and, and here we are in the first week of early voting. We're on, I think, day four now, and the county is setting records for the number of voters uh, participating in early voting. Uh, so numbers weigh up, and we love that because everybody should exercise their voice but uh, I want to talk a little bit about the district attorney race. I know you were out of town last week, Earl, but um, you you know what happened last week. Uh, Devin Anderson, in an interview, uh, she is our current elected district attorney, uh, her opponent, Kim Og. The, uh, during an interview, Devin Anderson uh, was defending, it seemed like, some of her positions on cases and um, went into some commentary about how, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, that you know, people are criticizing her for one or two cases, one or two decisions that have been made. Um, but her response was, you know, they're criticizing me for one or two cases wait until they have a pro-choice lesbian district attorney and let's see what they think. Um, so, you know, this... this It was huge because Devin did not need to play the lesbian card. We'll just call it what it is. And
1: and uh, basically, it's, she went away from the issues. The issues is the Harris County... The way that the district attorney will interpret the law. Um, the first thing you learn in law enforcement, the chief law enforcement officer of Harris County is the district attorney. They set the policy, they decide what cases will be prosecuted, they, they decide, um, so many different issues that it's that it's very important. Uh, it's my understanding, and like you said, I was out of town last week up in Lake Tahoe. And but it's my understanding that while uh, Kim Og was talking about the issues uh, uh, in defending her position, uh, she brought up the fact and the allegation that Kim Og is a lesbian.
0: Yeah, and this was something to kind of back up a little bit. When Devin Anderson was first appointed to the position uh, when her husband, the late Mike Anderson, passed away, uh, Devin Anderson was appointed as the district attorney because she was appointed to an unexpired term. She had to stand election, even though it was not the normal election cycle. During that Election cycle, and let's see, that would have been 2014. Now, I believe um, the yeah two years ago during that election cycle, there was a big, there was a great deal of discussion about uh, you know Republican Devin Anderson, her camp, and uh, Republican politics versus the Democratic politics of Kim Og, and there was a lot of discussion about Kim Og's sexual orientation. Uh, I thought we had that settled, you know, uh, it it had been hashed out, and, you know, I I think generally speaking, voters don't really care. They care about what a person stands for, and, you know, whether they're going to be fair, whether they're going to enforce the law, whether they're going to come up with uh, innovative programs, and, you know... Devin, I think, started seeing that she's slipping in the polls. We've seen uh, reports coming out of uh, the University of Houston and other um, local uh, pollings where Devin has lost her lead and actually Kim has taken the lead in the district attorney's race. And so there's been a lot of publicity behind Kim uh, and pointing out some of the, the... debacles, if you will, of Devin Anderson's administration, uh, including the things we've talked about before, like jailing the rape victim, um, the Precinct 4 evidence debacle, where those uh, items, where the items were destroyed, but yet the courts and the prosecutors and the defense attorneys were not informed about it.
1: Yeah, the evidence uh, that that they needed to prosecute the case had basically been destroyed, but yet... Uh, they kept that secret in uh, hoping that uh, that they could still force uh, individuals to plead guilty.
0: And that's, that's uh, interesting that you say, like, that they kept it secret, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but um, it's interesting because I had a discussion this morning with uh, Brian Roberts over at the Houston Chronicle. He was just down at the courthouse, and we were just uh, casually talking. And one thing that's really interesting is, we're lacking some transparency, I think. And the very fact that Devin and her office chose to keep that a secret for some six to eight months just speaks volumes that they're not willing to stand up and do the right thing, even when it's that hard to do.
1: It's it's also a matter of trust, uh, Joanne. The the citizens uh, in Harris County, they've, it's important that they're able to trust the elected official. That's the district attorney. That's the head of uh, the chief law enforcement officer for Harris County. And the very fact that, uh, as you mentioned, no transparency, uh, it, it causes distrust. I can see why uh, she is slipping in the polls. Uh, and, um, uh, you, you mentioned Kim Og, and I, I think it would be, um, it, it's kind of important to say that um, I've known Kim Og almost her entire career. She's been involved in law enforcement. Uh, she was a prosecutor with the Harris County District Attorney's Office. I believe she left that position to become a um,
0: uh, I think that's when she went to the mayor's task force. Is it? She worked on the
1: mayor's task force. Or was it Crime Stoppers? But also the Crime Stoppers is what I was trying to think of. Uh, She was the head of Crime Stoppers, which is a important law enforcement uh, entity that supplies information to the uh, to the Houston Police Department and other agencies in Harris County, uh, causing individuals to be arrested for for crime. So um, yeah I don't hear them attacking her on her ability or her law enforcement. Um,
0: well you know uh, what's issues. interesting when you say that, <clears throat> Devin Anderson's campaign is not attacking so much her law enforcement background or her credibility. Uh, they've decided, to throw out these things that, you know, Soros happens to be paying a large portion of her campaign, uh, contributed approximately $500,000. You know, okay, he's uh, fairly liberal, and I think people don't like that, and they don't want to see this outside influence. Um, But at the same time, you know, Devin's campaign is giving, uh, you know, Kim's campaign a lot of flack for taking this $500,000 donation but we seem to have lost track of the fact that Devin herself took about a $500,000 donation. It uh, just happens to be from a different person. Uh, I think it was uh, McGill, uh, Don, McGill over, uh, Don McGill Toyota. He contributed about $500,000 so that, so that Devin could compete against these ads. Um, you know, it, so it, it's, you know, Devin wants to say Kim's campaign's been bought. Well, if that if 500,000 buys a the campaign then Devon's campaign's been bought also
1: Un- un-for- and you make a really good point. Uh, unfortunately when you get involved in politics and you have a party system like we have uh, you've got a Democratic uh, candidate and you've got a Republican candidate uh, you're going to have money pouring in uh, hoping for the Democrats, to win the majority of the votes. You're going to have money pouring in from the other side that do not want the Democrats in office. They want the Republicans. As a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned it being a record year for Harris County. Um, we have got people going to the polls, waiting hours to vote. And, and I really applaud that, because they are are basically exercising a right that, uh, that that people have fought and died for. And for them to go into the polls, many people don't know what to do, and they vote straight party. They either vote straight Democrat, or they vote they vote straight Republican, depending on that party to provide the correct candidates uh, for the people. Um, I've never liked the straight party voting. I, I, I believe in voting for the individual. And um, I believe voting over uh, the issues basically being presented uh, by the candidates. Uh, I like to hear the issues, and after listening to the issues, uh, then I try to make up my mind how I want to vote. And, um, but uh, it, it is interesting you brought up the, um, the problem with, uh, with Devin Anderson and um, uh, and Kim Og,
0: You but. know, it, it, to me, it really is just, at this point, starting to become somewhat of a mudslinging. You know, you've got Devin wanting to play the lesbian card. You've got, um, you know, instead of defending her own actions or the actions of her office. You know, I, I will say I think Devin did herself another disservice. Uh, she put together a new ad campaign and a uh, YouTube video. I saw it, I think, yesterday or today uh, on Facebook, and she's taken the opportunity to try to explain what happened to Jenny. Um, And just to back up for a second in case you're new and you haven't heard me harp on this time and time again, Jenny is the uh, young lady who was jailed. The district attorney's office issued a warrant and placed her in jail, Um, when she was testifying in a case against her rapist. Uh, And and let me just, because that sounds horrible to say it that way, so let me give a little bit of a spin on that and a little bit of a take. Uh, Jenny was testifying against her rapist. During trial, they they take a break. It might have been the lunch break or a 15-minute break of some sort. They take a break. She apparently, Jenny, runs out into traffic uh, outside the courthouse saying, I can't do this, I'm not going to do it, she runs out. And,
1: and let, me, uh, let me interrupt just to uh, eject something into the conversation. Uh, Jenny was sexually assaulted. The case was investigated. They came up with the individual they believed did sexually assault her. Uh, Jenny made herself available to the district attorney's office as a witness. There's nothing in the record that ever showed that Jenny failed to show up for court or that they had to go out and pick her up and physically bring her to court or she wouldn't show up. So all from all indication, it appears that Jenny was doing what a citizen should do, making herself available to court. Now, the stress of a trial, uh, and we've been there, and I don't know how many listeners have, have even sat in a courtroom and watched a trial, but it is tremendously stressful. And um, to be honest with you, Jenny, while on the witness stand, she cracked under all the stress.
0: Yeah, and that's, what, that's exactly what happened. She was not prepared to face her rapist. She was not prepared to answer those questions and undergo reliving and recounting that nightmare. Um, So she did sort of, uh, you know, and let me say, too, she's a person that had a history of mental illness as well. So that probably compounded the problem somewhat, even though this would have been a horrible undertaking for anybody in any circumstance. But so she runs out into traffic. She is apparently the... The constable's officer, somebody who was there that saw this, swore out what we'd call a uh, mental health warrant and had her placed into a psychiatric facility for treatment. Absolutely the right thing to do. Um, I, I don't quibble with that at all. They saw this is a person in crisis, a danger to herself, a danger to others, and placed her in a psychiatric facility. After some days of treatment, apparently uh, at about the 10th day, Jenny was released from the psychiatric center. Um, Now, what's interesting to me about that is the folks at the psychiatric center, the doctors, the therapists, the sociologists, everyone that works there, they are not going to turn somebody out who is still in mental crisis. So, you know, their, their own profession and their own licenses are on the line. They obviously felt this person was at least stable enough to be discharged from the hospital and no longer held against her will. Now, instead of simply discharging her from the hospital, unknown to anybody else at the time, the hospital had been talking with the district attorney's office and updating them on her progress and potential release dates. When the district attorney's office found out she was going to be released, They ran to court and got a warrant, uh, an attachment, to attach Jenny and place her in jail. Um, Now, this is where I take issue with Devin. In her most recent video, this is a political ad, but it's a video up there on YouTube and on Facebook, She comes in to explain, we had to do this. You don't understand. Our conviction was on the line. Um, She had no other place to go. She, um, you know, the hospital couldn't hold her anymore, and she was still a danger to herself and others. And, And I quibble there because certainly she was no longer a danger to herself and others as the hospital cleared her and authorized her release. Now, did she... Was the trial going to start back that very same day? No, because it was the holiday time and the court had been recessed uh, in order to pick this back up once she got her treatment.
1: And, and I have a real problem with any time that uh, that someone is more concerned about a conviction than they are concerned about the victim. Uh, in this case, it's it's very clear that, um, that they had no concern for the victim, only the conviction, and so... What do they do? They throw her in the Harris County Jail.
0: Well, and yeah, and here's what's interesting. And I uh, just got a text in on this, so I want to point this out. Um, but the in Devin's video, when she goes to explain this, she says, "Look, when the when the hospital turned her loose, she had no place else to go. Her mother wouldn't take her back. There are supposedly emails that uh, between the prosecutor's office and Jenny's mother." And Jenny's mother, somewhat, at least this is Devin spin, somewhat acquiesced to putting her daughter in jail, um, as there was appeared to be no other option. Um, now, from what I've seen, and this is just solely based on what's been filed in the federal lawsuit, now uh, the emails that I've seen sort of allude to that fact, to that fact, but they do not give Jenny's mother any other alternatives. It's simply. We can either send her to live with you, or we can put her in the jail. What do you think? And so they, the mother, kind of says, "Well, I guess she'd be safer in the jail," um, you know. And now, Devin's ad, her her campaign, is trying to say that Kim Og somehow is um, pulling the wool over everybody's eye and trying by placing Jenny's mother in an ad saying, you know. She belonged in a hospital. She belonged in protective custody. She did not belong in the jail. Rape victims don't belong in the jail. One
1: thing I want to add, if uh, this county, the Harris County, should be outraged that someone would say we have no facilities to address women that are raped. If, if someone is raped, someone has no place to live, tough. Hit the streets, baby. That's what they're saying that Harris well, County basically said. Well, they're not saying hit the said. streets.
0: They're saying go stay in the jail. And that's well, even worse. Uh, we had to take a break right now, uh, but uh, we'll be right back with you. Hopefully, if you want to give us a call, we can answer some of your questions. 281 447 1114. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> And welcome back, this is Legally Speaking with Music and Music, I'm your host, Joanne Music. In the Can studio today remember. with Earl Music, my father-in-law partner. Just uh, catching y'all up a little bit on the race uh, for the district attorney here in Harris County, the race between the incumbent Devin Anderson and the challenger Kim Og. And we were talking a little bit about uh, kind of the slinging that's going around now in the campaigns, and the fact that uh, Devin Anderson created a video to respond to the allegations that she jailed a rape victim and um you know as we were talking about right before the break girl um you know that's devin's answer we had no other resources so when the hospital let jenny go we had to put her in jail we had no other options whatsoever Uh, and i find that amazing
1: yeah that that's really hard to believe um Harris County, I've lived in this county my entire life and I, I've got to say that, that the, the people in Harris County are the most caring. Uh, they, they do care about their fellow citizens and for uh, anyone to believe that there is no resource for uh, rape victims, no resource for, uh, for mentally uh, ill people.
0: You know, and that's what's interesting is right when this story broke over the summer about the office jailing a rape victim, this happened over the the Christmas holidays last year, but the story broke over the summer. The the interesting thing was that mental health agencies and uh, public service groups came forward and said, you've got to be kidding me. We have tons of resources. We'd be happy to help. And Absolutely. So now of course then in the in the backlash Devin said, "Oh, this is great. Now we're going to have resources going forward." What's interesting is they didn't even look for those resources to begin with. They just simply decided, "Well, we can't do anything else. Let's put her in jail."
1: They cared more about a conviction than they cared about the victim. And something is seriously wrong with that.
0: And no doubt about it, the the defendant in that case, if he was guilty, and apparently he was, jury found him guilty, he's now serving two life sentences, um, and and apparently that's in great deal um, because of Jenny's testimony. Um, he's a rapist. He needs to be in jail, but there's no reason, and, and in my opinion, absolutely no justification for jailing his victim to get that conviction. They had, you know, a hundred other... Uh, possibilities that could have played out, including, you know, what is it we see on TV every day and in shows when you've got a witness and you need someplace to put them, you put them in protective custody, you put them up in a hotel room, you put an officer outside the door and you watch them and you make sure they're safe. You know, if they can do that for mob witnesses, we can do that for a rape victim. You know, the district attorney's office has investigators that are on staff and on call 24-7. And they could have sat outside a hotel room door and monitored to make sure she was safe, give her a safe place to sleep and rest her head. And
1: you're aware of the um, forfeiture fund that the district attorney controls uh, millions and
0: millions millions of
1: dollars dollars, uh, just for things like this particular uh, case.
0: Absolutely. Um, I wanna, if it's okay with you, I wanna turn our attention now to another uh, topic that I found. Absolutely interesting, horrifying, funny—just uh, all the way around. And if you haven't if you haven't seen this yet, um, you can check out my blog over at uh, Fault Minds. It's titled "Groping Sexual Assault in Twitter." We have a uh, a lady, if you will, that took to Twitter. Uh, to live tweet her experience as she boarded a plane in Austin, uh, unsure of the airline and unsure where that plane was headed. But as she boarded the plane, she reports being groped. Her first tweet, it all started with, some guy grabbed and stroked my calf, question mark, question mark, as I walked by on the plane. So I took his picture. Not going to post it, but I hope he's freaked out. So apparently she may—I I, I couldn't make sense of the question mark, question mark. Either she didn't know how to spell the word calf or she really wasn't sure what happened. Sounds to me like, you know, maybe she was a little offended, maybe a little taken aback, I think as anybody would if some guy kind of grabbed your leg and stroked it as you walked by. But who stops to take a picture and post it on Twitter and then ask the Twitter sphere? What should I do with this? I, I, don't, I don't know what just happened here. Uh, and then we see this snowball over a couple days, and I want to talk about some of the details of this, but we see it snowball into what broke. Uh, as these tweets went viral, news stories started jumping in and offering their own spin, and then, of course, our Twitterer grabbed that spin and, and took hold. The spin being... It's impossible for women to report sexual assaults and gropings uh, that law enforcement doesn't take these actions seriously that it's you know too embarrassing for women and whatnot and I, th-
1: and I it- think before you go there you need to back up a, a minute to where uh, after putting uh, sending out the tweet, uh, she comes back Well, yeah, let and me, tells the of. I,
0: I just wanted to kind of tell you where we're going. Is This thing took off viral, and it became this whole question about um, sexual assault and whether it's taken seriously by law enforcement. Um, you know, it's it's the crime du jour, if you will, and everybody's talking about it, you know, whether it's from the uh, comments from Trump about groping, whether it's the, you know the internet conversation on sexual assault because we're seeing it on uh, college campuses and whatnot. All of a sudden, sexual abuse is the talk of the day. Um, But so here's here's what happened, and then here's what everybody picked up on. You know, some guy grabbed and stroked my calf as I walked by on a plane. So I took his picture, not going to post it, but I hope he's freaked out. Almost like, you know... My first thought was, how could you have been that seriously offended or upset if you're going to stop and take a pic real quick? You know, first thing, that's just the first thing that struck me as really odd. But then second, that you're going to throw this out there in the Twitter sphere and say, look, I'm not going to post that picture that I just took. I just want everybody to know it's out there. And I sure hope the mere fact that I took his picture freaked him out.
1: And and we, um, as, as you all know, we... We defend people for criminal actions all the time. Uh, the society itself, through the legislation, they determine what, what crimes, what society what crime might in, interpret as being a crime, and then they also determine the seriousness of that crime. Uh, let's say that the lady is absolutely right that some guy reached out, grabbed her calf, and stroked her calf as she walked past him on the airline. That has been defined by the legislature as offensive touching. Yeah, and it's I want to get here. It's a class. There. It's a class C misdemeanor. It's the same thing as running a red light. That's what society said. If someone touches someone offensively, that it's offensive touching. It's an assault, but it's an offensive touching.
0: Yeah, and so what happens is, you know, she takes this picture, kind of hoping to freak him out. I think what happened, th- and by the way, this happens as the she's boarding the plane in Austin. Uh, not Like I said, not sure the airline or where the plane was uh, headed to, but this happens as they're on the ground in Austin. So clearly, Austin, uh, Texas is our uh, city of jurisdiction, if you will. But... Um, so she takes a picture and she tweets about it. Don't you just love the fact now that we get Wi-Fi on airplanes now? So she's able to live tweet this entire episode, this entire event throughout the flight. So about 30 minutes later, she tweets, I just told the flight attendants and they both nodded. They already knew who it was because other women had already complained, LOL. You know, it, am I Just looking at these, you know, look at that and I say, LOL. And for the people that don't
1: follow that, that means laughing out loud.
0: Yeah, Earl, I think everybody knows that one. (laughs) But to let y'all in on a little secret, Earl used to not know that. And that's why he passes this on. He used to think it meant lots of luck. So, uh, but anyway, LOL. That's, uh, you know, so of course my thought was, okay, your second tweet here is, you know, I told on him, and they knew what was going on because other people had complained, LOL. You know, this is all funny. Is it funny that the flight attendants already knew? Is it funny that it happened to someone else? You know, just what's funny about this? Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, it was funny to her. So she turns around about 15 minutes later, 7:17 7, p.m., and says, this is, it's like a real-time choose-your-own-adventure for how to deal with harassment. So she's live tweeting, and she's talking about this, and obviously other people are answering her tweets, and so she's continuing to talk. This is, now she's dealing with what she's termed as a harassment and how to deal with it. Um, you know, another 30 minutes goes by, and nothing much has happened, so she, she tweets, you know, I'm going to go ask the flight attendants what they plan to do about this when we land. So apparently, just the mere fact that she notified them and they nodded, said, yes, we know, you know, wasn't good enough, didn't get the right response. So now I have to go, you know, she has to go back and tell the flight crew, you know what, what are you going to do? I want to know, I want some action here. So apparently the flight attendants go and talk to the captain. They come back and she tweets, they have told the captain and are filing a report with the airline. The local authorities will meet the plane when we land. Okay. So now, wherever it is that this plane has landed, um, it's now uh, 8:11, and you know we're we're going to be addressing this as soon as we land. 9:57 rolls around. So apparently, this is a somewhat of a lengthy flight. Started around 7 o'clock, and now we're at 9:57. And she tweets, police took him off the plane. I'm still here, and they're taking my and another woman's report. The legal term for how he grabbed me is battery. So now we've gone from, you know, he this guy touched me. I took his picture. I hope he's freaked out because that's what I'm trying to do is freak him out, to this is a roadmap on harassment and an adventure, and now all of a sudden it's a legal term called battery. Um well, as you know, Earl, Texas doesn't have battery. Correct. So I'm not sure where exactly this woman was getting her legal advice. I believe but under the common was, law,
1: assault is well, battery.
0: exactly. And I don't. let's say I don't want to just necessarily parse words here, but it, it's interesting that common law, it was battery, and other jurisdictions, other states may still call it battery, Correct. and in fact several do. But <clears throat> what's interesting is she's getting these, this legal advice. She's live-tweeting, so you got to wonder, is this where she's getting her legal advice is from the Twitter sphere? you know? Um, then she goes on to say another 15 minutes passes, and she says, Well, if I want to press charges, I'd have to fly back to Austin on my own dime, since this is Austin PD's jurisdiction, and I don't want to do that. So now she's decided... And I guess maybe this is also coming from the Twitter sphere that the legal advice is you're going to have to go back to Austin and take care of this. Um, you know, if that were the case, I don't understand why we had cops meeting the plane on its arrival in the first place. You know, it, there are officers who met the plane when it landed. They took this man off the plane. They also took statements from this woman and apparently another. And, you know, they're doing something and they're working on it.
1: Didn't the FBI also get involved in this?
0: Well, and that is that is interesting because, yes, the FBI did get involved, and apparently that's who met the plane wherever it landed uh, were agents from the FBI. Uh, because the FBI, she tweets a little bit later, this is at uh, 1019, police, and by police she really meant FBI, and she clears that up a little bit later in her tweets. But the tweet is, police said they would, quote, give him a talking to, and, quote, this is not the crime of the century. She says, true. I'm going to tweet his picture now, though, since it's no big deal. So well, she-
1: does it surprise you that the FBI couldn't solve this one? They couldn't solve the Hillary uh, emails. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know if the FBI could solve this or not, but I will tell you, it certainly sounds like they at least took this seriously. Um, you know, they they took this man off the plane. I'm
1: they, glad the FBI had time to work on cases like this.
0: Well, you uh, know, Maybe
1: they can learn some things.
0: If we're not working on the national things, maybe we can work on some of the local events. But, um, you know, they... The FBI gets involved. They're they're talking to this guy. They're taking witness statements. And then they're passing this on to Austin. Since obviously this occurred in Austin, they would be the proper venue. Um, the, The other interesting thing is that apparently this other woman, and this is partly why the FBI is involved, this other woman who was making a complaint made her complaint as to actions that occurred in the air. So in the air, we have federal jurisdiction rather than some local or state jurisdiction. And so that's how the FBI gets involved. Um, But I want to go into this a little bit more, um, but it's time for us to take a break. So I want to remind you, you can give us a call at 281-447-1114. If you want to Google up uh, Fault Lines blog, you can take a look at this story as we continue to discuss it. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. (music) And we're back. You're joining us, Legally Speaking with Music and Music. I'm your host, Joanne Music, in the studio today with Earl Music. Uh, Just want to... We were talking a little bit about this whole groping and Twitter thing, and I just want to pass on uh, some comments that I got during the break. And uh, very interesting. Uh, These were... uh, Texted in, number one, everyone who's ever been on a plane knows how small the aisle is. Uh, they know how much luggage and backpacks people carry on. Perhaps this was only an accident. And, you know, taking her very first tweet, this lady's first tweet, you know, this man grabbed and stroked my leg, or my calf, question mark, question mark. Maybe she was concerned about whether this was an accident or not, Um uh, you know, and just needed to take to Twitter to find out, hey, what do you guys think? Should I report this or not? Because the question
1: marks would indicate that she had some sort of question.
0: Some kind of question or reservation. And that's exactly what our listeners picked up on here. Number two, uh, her second point is, why did she try to freak him out? As a woman myself, I would have simply addressed this issue right when it happened. I would have stopped the flow of boarding and handled the issue right there, not tweet about it. And
1: she must not have been a Texas woman, because uh, I think a Texas <laughs> woman might have blackened his eye.
0: I, I think a lot of Texas women would have taken offense and would have just handled this situation themselves. But, you know, our, our listeners is absolutely right, and that's what makes this story so funny to me, is that she's going to take this to Twitter and elicit sort of a crowd response as to what should I do, what do you think about this, before she herself decides what to do you know, I'm offended and I don't like it, you you can bet I'm going to stop right then, right there, and either take it up with that man direct, or I'm going to take it up with the flight attendant direct, because if the plane is still on the ground, why not just have him removed from the plane right there?
1: Yeah, and and I can assure the listeners you would not have taken his picture.
0: I would not have. Well, I might have, but it would have been the picture with the black eye or something. Uh, But then here's the third comment, too, which I think is great. Um, If this really did happen, I would also be curious exactly how she was dressed. (laughs) Not that I'm judging anyone, but some women do dress sexy. I love it. I love it. Um, But, you know, her her point is, uh, you know, she's kidding, but then she said, you know, What's interesting is that social media and the news has saturated us with all of these alleged sexual assaults, uh, and now every time a woman is accidentally touched, are they going to stop and report it to the police? When do we stop, uh, you know, diluting sexual assault, if you will? You know, this, in, in this Twitter, Twitter fest, um, she goes from being offended to calling it harassment, to calling it battery and in the very in the days following this incident after the police had taken her statement and Austin had called her uh, two days later she says and I quote her tweet by sharing this story I believe I have inadvertently illuminated that the process of reporting an assault is broken and then she follows up with another tweet no one from Twitter all the way up to the FBI, has a clear, just, and efficient protocol for how to handle sexual assault and battery. And what I, my first thought was, wait, what? A sexual assault? sexual
1: assault uh, is rape. Yes. uh, You know, this woman
0: was not raped. At best, she was touched. There is no version of the facts that this lady, uh, you know, even remotely hinted at that would... Get us anywhere in the neighborhood of a sexual assault, but yet she's turned this into a story of sexual assault and how hard it is for people to, uh, or for women to report these and how law enforcement doesn't take it seriously. But you know what? Her own tweets show us law enforcement did absolutely take this serious. They had a, a law enforcement personnel that met them when the plane landed. The FBI showed up. They were interviewed. They took him off the plane. I mean, then Austin PD followed up and interviewed her and, you know, wanted to know, obviously, does she want to press charges? Her final tweets on this matter um, coming out uh, yesterday, um, aside from her interview today with K-C-R-W, she hadn't spoken with any media. I think now the next step is to decide if I should press charges. The follow-up tweet to that, I have found it indispensable to utilize Twitter as a sounding board as I take this whole debacle step by step. Thank you all for being there. That just, to me, that conclusion Reiterates what was going on from the very beginning, from that first tweet with the question mark, question mark. She didn't know what this was. She didn't know whether she should be offended or outraged. She didn't know if she should report it or not. She didn't know what should happen. And now all of a sudden, law enforcement's drug into it saying that they're not responsive, that they don't have an efficient protocol uh, for handling sexual assaults. You know what? This wasn't a sexual assault. And I think, you know. I, I hate, hate to say this, but law enforcement got it right when they told her, look, lady, this is not the crime of the century. It's just not.
1: Well, also something that, that, uh, that I feel important, um, being an ex-law enforcement officer, um, I have probably myself interviewed over hundred. Uh, women that uh, alleged that they were sexually assaulted. Uh, Those women were not proud of the fact that they were sexually assaulted. And they certainly would, if Twitter was around back then, they wouldn't have put it on Twitter, oh, guess what, I was sexually assaulted today. As I was walking down the alley, uh, some guy grabbed me, drugged me back behind the the dumpsters, and he raped me. Uh, they, they, They were embarrassed that that happened. And they didn't want... People to know. Uh, I think that we've we've had a a vast number of, of sexual assaults that went unreported because women just simply didn't want anyone to know yeah. that they were a victim. They didn't want to uh, go
0: through that, and they didn't want to risk getting jailed. Sorry, I had to throw that back in there. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, um, you know that's 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 what happened to Jenny, and and uh, but. Um, s- sexual assault is is a crime. That it really, it's it's a horrible crime. And because well, when
0: we talk about sexual assault, let's just be clear. That's rape. That sexual is rape. assault is rape. Texas used to call the call it rape, and then when they decided to get kind of a kinder, gentler approach when they reformatted the penal code a few years back, they renamed it sexual assault. But it's still an unlawful and illegal penetration. Correct. In a sexual manner, and so you know we're not talking about a little touching on the leg. When we're talking about sexual t- assault, we're talking about rape. Correct. And so, and it, it and it is. does
1: bother me that that um, that the media and and everyone is starting to call any kind of um, assault at all sexual assault. Um, it it might have been offensive touching um, at the best and. Um, The society has decided that offensive touching is a class C misdemeanor.
0: Yeah, and that's what's, you know, interesting here is, like you said, this this is not a sexual assault. But, and that's where I kind of started with my blog post um, over at Fault Lines is, and I I mentioned this at the top of, of our discussion in this, Outlets have—media outlets have picked up on this and are jumping all over it and saying this is the perfect example of how, you know, women's complaints regarding sexual harassment, groping, and sexual assault are not taken seriously by law enforcement. But here it was taken absolutely seriously.
1: I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the near future on uh, the Today Show, the Morning Show, or one of the the news broadcasts, the mini news broadcasts. Uh, they'll pay her way up to New York or wherever they they uh, do their station and talk about this incident on the airplane.
0: Yeah, and that's you know one other story. Uh, Sarah Biddlecombe over at Stylus reported that this live tweeting um, helped the public shed light on how difficult it is for women to report sexual abuse. Again, this isn't sexual abuse. Um, You know, her quote there was, incredibly when, I think it's Lenarski, reached out to the police, they informed her that they would give him a good talking to, but it's not the crime of the century. Now, they probably said that to her. I I have no doubt that somebody from law enforcement, have no doubt that someone said to her, look, this is not the crime of the century. But you know what? It, they said it probably because it's true. This is, as you and I have talked about, under Texas statutes, and I think it would be almost identical in, in nearly any jurisdiction, touching someone's leg is not a sexual assault. You know, it's... And this this media take and... The, the, you know, these, twi- these tweets that are seeking advice from the sphere are just simply, as another listener just put it, um, perpetuating ignorance. Um, they're teaching the public that touching of the leg is sexual assault. Well, no, it's not. We know that as lawyers, but I think people lose sight of that because some woman cries sexual assault and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that, that this man should have touched her leg. But we don't know. Was it an accident? We don't really know. Um, and even, but, it, but if it was not an accident and he touched her leg, it's still, it's not a sexual assault. And we don't need to see the media and everyone else diluting sexual assault, perpetuating the ignorance and saying, you know, this is sexual assault. This is why women don't report. Police don't take it seriously. This is probably the most minor touching, a class C touching, and yet the FBI got involved, local law enforcement got involved, everyone took it serious. So I I think it just sort of, you know, it it shoots a hole in everything that this woman is saying and tweeting about, you know, she wants to play the victim, if you will, and try to say, look, no one took this serious, but when in fact they actually did.
1: Uh, obviously, it wasn't serious enough to her uh, that she's even willing to fly back to Austin if that's what it takes to prosecute the case.
0: Well, and that's interesting. You know, is, is it serious to her? Because her last tweets are like, you know, hey, guys, what do you think I should do? I have to decide if I want to press charges or not. I have to figure out, is it worth going back to Austin? Well, you know what? If it isn't worth it, where's what? what's the big deal to begin with? Why why is this woman not taking her own case seriously?
1: Only she can decide whether it's worth her effort or not. Uh, For us to take a vote, whether it's worth it or not, uh, is is completely useless. The... um, uh, it is a very interesting story, and it it, uh, you know, it, it and did tie tie in pretty well with our victim that got thrown in jail.
0: Exactly, and you know, I, I guess mean,
1: if she doesn't want to go back to Austin, uh, maybe the Harris County District Attorney's office can place her in jail.
0: It, absolutely, uh, interesting comment coming in here uh, that says, uh, "So you're basically saying after all these agencies performed their duty, after everyone showed up when the plane landed." She's unsure if she even wants to press charges. (laughs) So she calls for all of this help and demands this attention and then kind of says, well, I don't really know if I want to go through with it. Uh, Great point here. There's your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen, Um, wasting our resources on a wishy-washy tweeting social media addicted woman. (laughs) <laughs> I love it, uh, because that's kind of what I was getting at. And when I wrote this blog, it uh, posted this morning, I've gotten some tremendous feedback on it. it it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it, it's, that's really what it comes down to, is this woman wanted her 15 minutes of fame, so she took to Twitter to try to expose this problem that just didn't exist. You know, her in her words, this was a sexual assault and a battery, and it's underreported, and it's too difficult, and no one takes it serious but yet her own tweets disprove everything she said uh, because she's, it is absolutely taken serious. And, uh, you know, it, it's just such an interesting topic. If you Again, if you want to read more about it, uh, take a look at the Fault Lines blog. I posted it this morning, um, and you can take a look at that. It's titled Groping Sexual Assault in Twitter. So uh, I think that brings us pretty much to the end of our hour, Earl. Is there anything else you want to get in before we go?
1: Well, other than uh, I'm hoping that that lady does not show up at the Harris County Criminal Justice Center and have to ride up one of the elevators. Uh, That would be uh, a real problem. I, I think that the FBI would have to be called in again with maybe... Uh, five or six victims rubbing up against her.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not, victim. Vic- not Five or
1: six suspects.
0: Suspects. You know, and, and that's funny, but you say that, and I think a lot of our listeners really don't necessarily know what you're talking about, but our courtrooms are so overcrowded. Our, our elevators. elevators and our building are so overcrowded with judges demanding that defendants return to court every two to three weeks up to maybe four or five weeks in some courts but they're constantly returning to court there are you know 10,000 people a day coming into that building um that to to face their their case um and usually for no purpose whatsoever other than to show up check in get a new court date and leave but um so the elevators are extremely overcrowded, well, this, and I can morning, tell you, every single day, yeah. somebody bumps into me.
1: This morning, uh, we were completely packed in like, like sardines. I mean, you could hardly move. That's every and day. then somebody said, do you have room for two more? And they started pushing their way into the elevator, and <laughs> there was, they absolutely could not get in the elevator because everyone was packed. Uh, but that's what I'm talking about when I say I'm glad she's not on our elevator.
0: Exactly, yeah. If she were on our elevator, she'd be live tweeting and seeing who she could get in trouble for the day. She wouldn't
1: be able to take the pictures, though, because it's shoulder to shoulder in there.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know. You can hold the phone up above your head and take a picture. It'll work. I I guarantee you it'll work. I'm going to teach Earl how to use Twitter. Uh, We talked about this a little earlier today. We're going to get him on Twitter. I'm going to teach him how to start taking those pictures, and he's going to start live tweeting. What do you think about that?
1: Heaven forbid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we got you on Facebook. Now we just got to get you on Twitter. We're going to make it happen. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, This is Legally Speaking with Music and Music. I'm your host, Joanne Music. I'm here with Earl today. Uh, We're here every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. You can hit us up on any of the social media, Twitter at LegalSpeakMM, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Send us your questions. Give us your comments uh, or give us a call, but we're here every week. You can also catch our podcast after the show, but live every week, 2 to 3 Uh, right here, and we'll see you next week.